Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard. That's what we do. That is our raison d'etre. That is our motivation, to watch them carefully, always watching, making sure they don't get up to anything funny without us telling you about it. Uh, with me this week are two simply magnificent co-hosts. Um, first up, he eats small green peppers, Alex Zebart. Why is that weird? I didn't say it was weird. You always make it weird. How did I make it weird? I just said you do it. You do it. We just covered it. I don't... Uh, okay. Hi, I'm here. I'm Alex. Who's next? <laughs> Ann. It would be Ann who's next. <laughs> who else would it be? I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not going to just throw in some new person. <laughs> what, a wonderful, what a wonderful intro that was. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't awkward at all. Not a second of... Anyway, also with us this week is Ann. Hi. It's Dickney. <laughs> Hi, Ann. Um, the reason I brought up the green peppers was, again, pre-show. I know if you didn't hear the pre-show, you don't know what we're talking about. But Alex apparently eats hot dogs that look more like an entire buffet on a dog. It's a Chicago-style like, Chicago hot dog. Okay. When it, Chicago style. So Chicago dogs are not a thing around here. So Chicago-style is basically shorthand for we turned this item into a meal instead of a pile of crap. You get a Chicago-style hot dog, you got a meal in a hot, on a bun. It's a whole... You, you, that's dinner. You're good. You got your vegetables. You got everything. Yeah. See, I'm from New England, so we tend to hew more closely to New York style, or have our own unique style, and we have our own unique style for hot dogs. Rhode Island, in fact, has its own kind of hot dog entirely called a soggy. Yeah, I, I don't have nice things to say about all this New York style stuff. My girlfriend's from New York, but um, yeah. if I say anything, I know I'm going to cause a new civil war. So. Well, the thing is, is, like I said, I'm from Rhode Island, and Rhode Island actually has its own ent- entirely unique... The, it's called the Onlyville system. You should look it up, because um, it's it's completely different than anything anybody else does, and including your strange thing that I'm looking at a picture of, which I, I would totally be okay with, honestly, if it weren't for the green color of the relish. The yeah, relish just, is bright green. It's just a little bit of food coloring. It's, it's tradition. Such a strange, strange color. That, that's specifically Vienna brand. If you use any Go other brand... just the fell dog. Anyway, 
<laughs> the Vienna brand is huge. Like if you, that's the good stuff. If it's bright green, it actually means that's the good stuff. Yeah, I'm sure he would agree. Just before you know, you you turned into a monster. That actually explains why you're so big. Possibly. You've been eating these fell hot dogs this whole time. I, I mean, I actually used to work at Martino's, so I've been exposed to plenty of that stuff. There you go. If you're, right. if you're in the Milwaukee area, you know what Martino's is. If you're not from Milwaukee, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, that's why I haven't gone into a 25-minute tirade about soggies. Because, again, if you're from Rhode Island, you know what a soggy is. And if you're not, and most of 299 million out of 300 million Americans are not from Rhode Island. Is anybody from Rhode Island? One million some hundred thousand people are. More than Milwaukee, but less than, say, the entire state of Wisconsin. Fair enough. Yeah. Although we do we do outnumber like both Dakotas and uh, and and Alaska. I actually think we're like number like thirty something in terms of population. But anyway, this is completely unimportant. Um, the, the Dakotas don't count. I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about top stories because you know stuff happens in the world of Warcraft um, and beyond World of Warcraft. But I think the big story this week was the the Warcraft movie came out, and apparently China loves World Warcraft. Uh, oh, a yeah. lot. Yeah, China. China loves. In the states, the Warcraft movie did okay. Like it was it number two. In, it, yeah, it came in second place. I think it was at. Uh, I believe it was like a little over twenty-four million for the weekend. Yeah, which is only, respectable. It's not 70, like seventy million entire at the U.S. box office, according to a box office mojo. Yeah. Not not you know, but then in in China, like just for the weekend, one hundred and forty-five million. Uh, China is eating this movie up with a spoon. Yeah. It can't I'm, get enough of it. So there you go. If if this movie gets a sequel, and I think it's likely it will with those numbers, it will be entirely because of the Chinese box office. It's they are they are absolutely passionate about Warcraft there, and apparently they absolutely love the film to pieces and then yeah. some, which is good because it's a decent movie. So. So I don't really. I mean, what do you guys think? Do we have to actually talk about the movie more than that? The being having it only be available in 3D in my local theater. Uh, I learned that I hate 3D. It kind of ruined the whole experience. But I see. I don't know if that's Warcraft's fault. That's Hollywood. I, I had a separate problem from that, in that I'd literally just gotten laser beam shot into my eyes like a day before yeah. the film, and so they present me with the 3D glasses and I put them on, and my right eye, which is my much worse eye, literally, there was a sensation like I'd stabbed myself with an ice pick trying to look through 3D glasses at the screen. So. This was a 3D movie where I had one eye closed for like a good solid 20 minutes of the film. Yeah, I ended. It's the not film. 3D anymore when you do that. It, it's back <laughs> right. to 2D. I it's kept just trying 2D to. And blurry. I kept hoping if I just took off the glasses, it would look fine. But mm-hmm. no, it's it's a hot mess on that screen. So I had to put the glasses back on over my actual glasses, and by the end of the movie, I had the worst eye strain ever. See, I never have a problem with 3D, and the thing is, is I went and saw it twice. I went and saw it on Thursday. Um, for like opening night and that was great and then I went and saw it again on Friday because T-Mobile has like this new promotion thing they're doing called T-Mobile Tuesdays and what they were giving away last Tuesday was Warcraft movie ticket so I was like score free movie ticket I'll go see it again I'm glad I did because it was really better the second time around Um, not that it was bad the first time it was just even better the second time around however I went and saw it in 3D both times and the second time I was, they didn't have it. They didn't have it on my initial screening. But on the second screening, they had 3D trailers. There was one for Overwatch. And seeing Overwatch animated in 3D on the big screen, this needs to be a movie. Like, I, 
it needs to be they need to do something with this because it looked real good. And then the second thing that I saw was that they had a Legion trailer and it was basically the cinematic with Varian Mm. and Sylvanas. And that was in 3d and that was just jaw dropping gorgeous. I mean, I, I, it was it was in the middle of the previews and technically you were supposed to have your phones turned off, but I had to go tweet about it like right after they showed it because it was that cool. And then I turned my phone off <laughs> and watched the film. But I like 3D stuff. I don't know why. And yeah, I have the same problem as you, Alex. I have to put the glasses over my glasses. Uh, but just, for whatever reason, if, it doesn't bug me. Even if the 3D didn't give me a headache and eye strain... Just having to put on another pair of glasses over my glasses in the movie theater was uncomfortable enough that that was irritating. Yeah, for me, <laughs> for me, it's just I don't do me. that. I just I, I never really have a problem with it, but that's usually because whatever I'm going to see, I really want to see it anyway. We have it. You you only have it in 3D. They didn't give you the regular version. Uh, at the theater closest to my house, because I take the bus, so like just going to the closest one was just so much more convenient than going to a further one. Right. If I went to, like, the the one local to me is not my preferred theater. It's a little uh, crappier than my preferred one. But the preferred one isn't on a bus line at all. So I would have had to get, like, an Uber or a Lyft to go to my preferred theater. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I'll just hop on the bus. So it was the local one, which is smaller and has very limited screens. So Warcraft was only playing on one screen and only in 3D. So now, yeah, I went to the the Edmonton, the well, Mall of Edmonton has a Scotiabank Theater. And they had they had it in both IMAX and AVX, and we went to the AVX because IMAX is just too much for me. Like the IMAX 3D is just like forget it. I'm I'm not gonna be able to see. I'm gonna be like blinking the whole time. That's see so. they've got it both in 3D and regular version here, but I wanted to see the 3D because hello, if I have an opportunity to see orcs big screen 3D, I'm going to take that opportunity a couple times over actually, as it turns out. But. <laughs> Like, I could go see the regular version if I wanted to. I might go check it out again. I don't know. Maybe I'll go catch a matinee at some point. Because I really liked the film. And the second time I saw it, I caught a lot of things that I missed upon the initial viewing. And I'm wondering if I go back a third time, if there's going to be another complete layer of things that I missed, like the first two times. It definitely improves upon repeat viewings. I'm just saying. You know what else bothered me? No. <laughs> you're, I don't know, but you're going to tell us, aren't you? I'm completely talking about the theater experience because I hate going to movie theaters. This is not about the Warcraft movie. This is theater. Because I don't go to movies very often, I was like, you know what? I'm at the movie theater. I'm going to have the whole experience. I'm going to get popcorn and a soda. And I knew it's expensive, but to get the matinee ticket for the movie was $10.50. I did not anticipate a small popcorn and a small soda would be $3 more than the movie ticket. Wow. Okay. That's yeah, where they make off. all. That's where they make all of their money. And I, when I, I will go up, the, I have to talk about this. I'm sorry. I go up to the counter and they have like these soft pretzels there. So like, how much for the soft pretzel? That sounds better than the popcorn. He's like six bucks. I was like, that's crazy. I'll just get the popcorn. Despite my reaction saying that's crazy and too expensive, he sold me a small bag of popcorn that was three dollars more. <laughs> <laughs> he might have thought you just thought it was too much for a pretzel. Maybe I don't know. Or. Or, and this is more likely, he didn't care at all. No. And he was just doing his job. He was just doing his job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, he's there to sell me popcorn at ludicrous prices. I don't blame him. Yeah. Just, come on. This is why I don't go to movies. They have to make, make me wear stupid glasses and buy $9 popcorn. I don't go to movies because people are there. See, I enjoy, I enjoy movie popcorn, 
but it's not like nine dollars worth of good <laughs> and and it's definitely not that much out here like it's a small popcorn out here is like I think seven, six or seven, something like that. But there's even a... a small popcorn, like their definition of the word "small" is really skewed. Because because even when they give you a small popcorn, it's this giant bag. It's a bag of size of like you know. Your Mine head. wasn't giant. Mine was pretty small. And this uh, was. And there was a Walgreens right next to the theater, so I could have went to Walgreens and like smuggled in a box of raisinets. You know. I'll bet you it's the same size as the ones out here. You just have very large hands. <laughs> I, I'm a much larger person. That's true. I have I have little midget hands. So trying to juggle like the bucket of soda that they laughingly call a small soda and the small popcorn in the bag, in the unwieldy bag, is just, it's not fun. I'm on a medication called Coversil, which is basically to keep my kidneys from rotting out of my body because diabetes. And Coversil it basically acts um, much like caffeine does. In terms of like what it makes you do if you ingest liquid, so I can't get anything at a movie theater. I can't even get a bottle of water because I will have to get up in the middle of the show if I do. So I haven't had movie concessions in four years. Well, I mean, they're going to charge you six bucks for that bottle of water anyway. So you're really yeah, better. so you're probably better off. In the long but I'm run. just, I'm just saying for me, I don't spend any money. Like I, I am Wait, just a ticket guy. We have definitely gotten off topic, though. I'm yeah. only ranting about the movie theater instead of talking about the movie because I know you guys have done a podcast specifically dedicated to the movie. Speak, and... Speaking of which, if in case you missed it, we did do a special edition lore watch, and it released yesterday on the website, and it specifically covers the Warcraft movie and all the lore contained therein. Therefore, it's chock full of spoilers. But if you don't care about those or if you already saw the film, you should go check it out because we, we rambled have, a lot. Since I have both of you here and I have Alex in a somewhat ranty mood, um, <laughs> streaming Blizzard games into Facebook. Explain to me what's going on with this because I still don't understand. Does it just mean uh, I play, if I play a Blizzard game, I can you can watch it on Facebook? Uh, you, it's it's like Twitch streaming except to Facebook, and apparently they're just implement like a go live button in Blizzard games. So if you have your Facebook account linked, you can just stream straight to Facebook. Or I think if I read that correctly, you will eventually be able to log into Blizzard games with your Facebook login. So you can just do that apparently instead of having a BattleNet account. They don't right have now? they don't have any exact. Um, this is exactly how it's going to work yet. It's still something that I think is very much in development. I don't think it's anything they're going to drop like in the next two weeks or anything like that. But from what I understand, yeah, you'll be able to log in with your Facebook username and like with your Facebook ID rather than Battle.net, maybe. I don't know. The way I pictured it working was something similar to what they're already doing with Twitter, where um, if you enable Twitter functionality, it pops up a little UI thing that says, here, log into Twitter, and then poof, your Twitter is connected, right? Right. I figured it'd be kind of the same, along the same lines for Facebook, and then, you know, if you want to stream to Facebook, you type in a particular slash command, and it'll go ahead and start streaming it to your Facebook feed. Now, mind you, I'm not 100% on all of this, because as I said... I don't think that they've hammered down exactly how this is going to work yet, at least not in a way that they presented to us. And number two, I don't use Facebook, guys. Like, I have a Facebook account, but I check it, like, maybe once in a blue moon just because I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, ultimately, you know, if they add this, I'm okay with it. It's not going to bother me. Um, I don't yeah. go on Facebook. I'm not going to see it. I don't use Facebook. I don't like Facebook, but 
people who do can have fun with this. It doesn't bother me. Absolutely. It's like, it's the same thing as it was with Twitter. If you have Twitter, cool. You can use the share thing and share your screenshots and stuff. And it's kind of fun to being able to do that in game. If you have Facebook and you enjoy Facebook, which, you know, more power to you if you do. I'm not one of those people. But if you do, there's going to be some functionality enabled for that so that you can play with your Facebook and Warcraft together, which that's fine with me. As long as they don't, somewhere down the road require me to sign up for Facebook or attach my Facebook account in order to play their video game, I'm happy. And I don't think they're going to do that or anything even remotely resembling that. So, I mean, like the internet is where I go to hide from people I know in real life. And Facebook <laughs> is full of those people. And I don't need to spend my days seeing their awful opinions. I play video games, so I don't have to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so I enjoy my Twitter where I can, you know, hide from people I know and make internet friends. And uh, Facebook is where I go if I want to punish myself by reading what my uncles have to say. <laughs> Chaos78 in the chat channel says, I just don't understand why they chose Facebook streaming over Twitch streaming, though. And I don't think it's really a matter of them choosing one over the other because obviously you can still stream to Twitch. We do it every week. But um, I believe the API or something like that for Facebook actually makes it pretty easy to sort of widget it together so that they can go ahead and do this kind of functionality in the game if they want to. Um, Twitch doesn't have that kind of API or backend, I don't think, that kind of customization. So it's not it's not something that they can implement. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if Twitch ever did something like that, oh, Blizzard would jump in on it. Sure. Twitch kind of has this reputation for like it's popular among gamers. Obviously, it's not popular amongst anybody else, because why would it be? But even though it's popular, Twitch itself doesn't have a lot of functionality. Um, there, and there, it's. I mean, I have no personal experience with working with Twitch, but from everything I've heard, um, they're quite difficult because they don't have functionality at all. So Facebook's just like, yeah, we have the system, and we want you to jump in. Blizzard's like, all right, we don't have to do anything. Cool, we're in. Yeah, when you're streaming to Twitch, you aren't actually, well, you're kind of streaming to Twitch, but I know the way that I do it and the way I think everybody else on staff does it is we have another program. Yeah, you like, get a third-party program. You get a third-party program to go and send that feed to Twitch. Um, it's There's not, like, a direct... It's kind of a mess, but it works, and it works great. Like, people can watch you stream in real time, and that's perfect, and there's a chat channel there, and that's great because they can talk amongst themselves however they deem necessary and, and <laughs> consider facebook probably has a business plan yeah. which it is hard for even like big companies to get any of their stuff monetized like if you do something on twitch unless you are a super popular like pro streamer you don't have any income and even pro streamers they get their money from just people sending them stuff on paypal twitch doesn't have people make more money streaming on youtube than they do on Twitch. Because uh, Twitch doesn't YouTube do at least gives you a means to monetize it. You know? And I, I keep in mind, I'm not recommending YouTube here. YouTube has lots of problems if you do videos or stream on it. I'm not saying it's good. I'm that's my point. You know, Twitch doesn't have there, there's no box to check or way to do it. So yeah, if people make money through Twitch streaming, they make money through Twitch streaming because they have a you know a Patreon or a Kickstarter or straight up here's my PayPal. Please don't. Yeah, and ease of use, I think, is a big thing. You, people who have Twitch accounts, if you go to your dashboard and you go to, uh, let me see, where is it? It is dashboard, and then you go to, I'm sorry, I'm holding up the show. Dashboard, okay. then to streaming apps. If you click on streaming apps, Twitch doesn't have one. 
they link to like six or seven third party streaming apps to stream to Twitch. Streaming app would be like OBS or XSplit or whatever. Yeah. OBS, XSplit, something like that. Like, you can't just, like, oh, okay, I'm on Twitch. I'm going to hit the stream button. You have to go externally. You got to use that external thing. But anyway, going back to the point of the story, though, Blizzard is going to integrate this whole Facebook functionality where you could stream to Facebook and possibly, I don't know, maybe the, I'm guessing they're probably going to do something where you can, like, share screenshots and stuff to Facebook, too, like you already do with Twitter. Um, obviously you can't stream to Twitter because that's not what Twitter is for. <laughs> but Facebook has implemented this new streaming thing where they're allowing people to stream to Facebook. So they might as well, you know, work hand in hand with that. Why not? It's kind of fun. I don't object Alrighty. to it. I'm not going to use it, but I don't object to it. The last bit for to this week, um, we this week sees the launch of the new uh, reputation ranked play system for Heroes of the Storm. And also Medivh is out. Just in time, you know, today was the last day of the promotion. Yeah. Uh, the the big anniversary promotion for Heroes of the Storm, the double XP event that's been running for the past two weeks, ends today. So uh, if you're... Hop on Medivh and get it while you can. Yeah. Have either of you played him yet, I'm Alex? No, uh, Medivh actually doesn't interest me at all. Okay. <laughs> he's um, he's like a, a pure, uh, like, crowd control kind of character, and... Um... I don't care about that. I'm not that kind of person. I want to kill people or be not killed. Give me a tank. Give me a healer. Give me an assassin. Crowd control. Get out of here. All right. And I guess we're done then. I think I think Mitch was saying that he was playing Medivh and he kind of liked Medivh so far. What he was playing anyway. Um, and then the other thing to point out, which is kind of important, actually, they had that trailer with oh, yeah. Medivh in it. And at the very, very end of the trailer, guess who popped up? Gul'dan. Gul'dan. I assumed Rossi was going to guess because he's going to do his Gul'dan so evil rant for the next 10 minutes. No, he's not. But Sorry. it looks like, just judging by that trailer, we're going to see Gul'dan and Heroes of the Storm real soon. Yeah, I'm really that curious what kind of character me. he's going to be. Yeah, that excites me. I'm like, what are they going to do with him? It's going to be great. Just having him as somebody who just like nukes people doesn't seem right no but if they use like the eye of Gul'dan give him some kind of a scouting element and then do something with all of the felt magic and things like that I mean they can make him real vicious so I'm really excited to see what they do with him because I don't think they really have they've got they've got like the necromancer right yes? yeah, Zool. yeah, yeah Zool. they got Zul but they don't really have like a warlock warlock pure warlocky character so yeah i'm kind of excited to see what they're gonna do with him i don't even play heroes of the storm but i really want to see what they're gonna do with this guy because i imagine that people are gonna be playing him in tournaments and stuff so (laughs) yeah i think people who aren't wow players are getting a little tired of most of the new characters and heroes being warcraft characters the problem being Uh, warcraft is the one with the most characters yeah it's huge so it's understandable but i also kind of expected you know we've had a rash of warcraft characters so i figured we would get a non-Warcraft character soon. I mean, we I... got Tracer, and we got that Widowmaker skin for Nova, but I was sort of <laughs> hoping that maybe we'd find some more Overwatch heroes in Heroes of the Storm, too. I'll be honest with you. I want them to put the uh, the Diablo 2 characters in, more like Zul'ed, like uh, the Druid and the Assassin and so forth. Give them names yeah. and, you know, in- spice things up. Like, the, the Diablo Druid is a, is a psycho. Like, he's crazy. He turns into a werewolf. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm totally interested in seeing that. Well, we have Gen Greymane. Yeah, I know we have Gen. So you could still play with the other forms. 
I would like to see Bastion. I would like to see Bastion added to Heroes of the Storm so people can whine harder. (laughs) Him not being able to move in Heroes would be bad. I know, but I want to see. I'd like to see what they did with that. Like, make him some kind of like tank thing that like flips back and forth. Play Tychus and for his ultimate, take the Draken laser. Oh yeah, I guess that is kind of similar, huh? I was thinking that there wasn't much that was similar I to what Bastion would be doing, but yeah, Tychus would probably cover it. I'm still going to argue now that they should t- totally do Blackthorn. Yes. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that says Blackthorn for these things. I, I'm still cool. waiting. I'm still waiting for my uh, rock and roll racing map. I want to see that. <laughs> I want them to make a special deal with DC Comics to have a, a limited time only Superman. Because <laughs> Blizzard <laughs> did a Superman game. It would totally be hilarious. if What, what am I doing here? This month only. We, we That's right. We developed a character for one month. Somehow, I think that that character is tied into so many different copyrights and so many different IPs that, that it, there is no way that's going to happen. Would it be cool? Yeah, but it's never going to happen. <laughs> or even better, they just ha- they would actually have it be like um some character from the crowd. Guy number seven who was saved. <laughs> oh, God, I'm losing my mind. I, w- I want right. more, more StarCraft. I want more StarCraft. StarCraft maps, StarCraft heroes. Give me more StarCraft. There is not a nearly enough of it in Heroes. I can't remember the name of the uh, the battle where uh, Kerrigan gets captured. What planet is that? Was that Something it? with a K. Cur- no, they're not Karas. Karas is a Diablo thing. Although Not not Kulturas, <laughs> that's a Warcraft thing. Yeah. <laughs> but have, have like that, like you have a, a map where you have to like constantly deal with Zerg swarms while you're still trying to fight the other guys. That would be kind of cool. Oh, that'd yeah. be neat if it was like that wasn't like you had to fight around the terrain. Instead yeah. of making it work for you, or maybe had like some sort of objective where you could become the Zerg Queen just briefly. I don't know. Anyway, Do you guys remember like the um the the end of Diablo three when you're basically chasing Diablo like through the Karast map, the yeah the jungle map, and then you get like so they had like I know they have some Diablo style maps because they did the whole internal conflict thing, but I've always wanted to see like a, a jungle type environment like that one where it was a, a ruined city. That would be cool. That'd be kind of neat. So we should probably get to emails, yeah? Yeah, we should do that. Um, as is always the case here on Blizzard Watch, we uh, we do emails every time. And if you have an email, please send it to us at podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We pretty much take any com- any topic you want to discuss. We're more than happy to talk about. Um, just if you make the, the, the more if you write us a novel in an email, it's very hard to use it. Because we have to basically read. Keep it concise, edit. basically. Yeah. If you can keep your questions to a paragraph or two, that that's ideal for us. But uh, all right, Anne's going to read them. So first up is here you go. Uh, first up is from Aquessa from Moonguard US. Shout out Moonguard, who says, "Dear Watchers." Something occurred to me while playing through the Legion beta. With the implementation of class halls as a crucially important part of the expansion, hasn't Blizzard kind of alienated the possibility of introducing new classes in the future? Unless they are like demon hunters and start in the relevant expansion, they won't have a class hall or an artifact weapon, two very important parts of the Legion experience. Another semi-related question, do you think we'll keep the artifact abilities after Legion ends, despite being nerfed to all buggery in the most recent build i enjoy my moon moon ability and would hate to lose it regards aquessa i don't think it's going to matter like once we get to the next expansion they're not going to design it thinking oh you don't get a class hall when you go from like levels when a 100 to 110 uh i for, for all i know for that matter they'll have to design one but they might just assume you're going to skip that and it's not important so 
What do you think, um, Alex? I, I think um, I don't think they need to make artifacts. If anything, they just need a place to put the table where you decide which zone to quest in first. Like where you pick, I'm going to go to High Mountain. I'm going to go to Stormheim. They could just stick that in Dalaran. Uh, I think that's all they would really need to do. There's nothing else that's super in, like, oh, so you don't get artifact quests. Who cares? Uh, it's an old expansion. You're not going to level it up anyway. You're not going to have enough time to level it up. You're just going to want to get the next expansion. So if there's a table, you're good. Um, but I really think the best thing to do is just to make those hero classes start at the current expansions level. Yeah, and I think this is kind of a clear indicator that maybe they like the way that feels better than the way the monk felt, where the monk was like, because all the monks started out at level one or whatever. Monks really felt kind of thrown in to me. Yeah, which is weird because they really tied into the expansion. Yeah, but the problem with like leveling a monk, because I leveled a monk till like level sixty something, and the problem with leveling the monk was that you have to like go back, not even to back to the turtle. You have to teleport to this magical mountain in Pandaria, which is this monk training hall. And you, you can't leave it or go anywhere around it. So it doesn't really matter where it is. It could have been anywhere, but no, it's it's in Pandaria. And you get a quest you do that gives you increased XP. And it's like, I couldn't do it because then I would outlevel everybody. But do you know what I mean? It, it just feels very much like a we're, we're not going to like actually have you start at max level. We're just going to give you this additional thing that if you do it every day is going to boost your xp by a lot and you'll level faster i i don't know it just felt it felt kind of odd to have a new class added that started at level one because the the prior the class prior to that was the death knight and the death knight started obviously at level 60 so you could go play that current content um and i think that that inherently felt a lot better to yeah. to you know start out with the current content then to start out at level one death knights had to do burning crusade before they went to northrend didn't they yeah they did yeah that they was did. bizarre too. it was it was a little odd but but, but that at was the same the thing time that everybody had to have to level through to get to wrath at least they they were still behind but it isn't as bad as the monk where you basically start at level one well and, I and think, then do a quest i think the problem with the monks though is that if you tie them into current content, then starting them on the Wandering Isle feels a little odd and disjointed, especially it's more of a matter of, it's not just starting them on the Wandering Isle, because that's just for the Pandaren monks, right? But they Mm -hmm. made the monks available to play by so many other different classes that it was like, well, if you're going to roll this character of this class, then you should roll it from level one, because there's no real explanation for a character to suddenly be level 85 and learning about this monk stuff. Like, where were you the other 85 levels? And there was so little fanfare about monks yeah. that sometimes I still forget they ever were ever added to the game. <laughs> but they're there. They're great. It's a great class. Like, every now and then I'll come across somebody in game who is doing some weird kicky stuff. And I'm like, what even is that? And I'll hover over them like, oh, a monk. I mean, I those understand. Are, those exist? <laughs> Which is weird because they've, they've actually successfully recreated what it feels like to roll a monk in D&D. I understand from like a game design perspective and like a sto- when you're looking at it from a story perspective, it really made sense to start them all out at level one as opposed to starting them out. If if they had made monks Pandaren only, then they could have gotten away with starting them at level 85. Okay, it's a new introduction, that kind of thing. But since they decided to give it to everybody, they kind of had to go with the level one just because there was no real explanation to start 
everyone at level 85 like that it just it didn't it didn't work yeah. quite and, right and people in chat are making this distinction between hero class and regular class and i don't think that matters like monks it, it, it doesn't really matter <laughs> monks don't feel like they contribute anything to the game sorry people who play monks. oh my gosh i don't, I don't Alex, get why you such exist. a downer today Jeez. what do monks do that everybody anybody else doesn't already do but this goes back to my argument that i just don't like them adding new classes okay so we're gonna go to the next email <laughs> Well, no, no. Let's actually let's actually answer the question about whether or not they're going to keep artifact abilities, because oh. I've thought about this a lot. Oh yeah. And the thing is, is the artifact abilities and the the leveling of the artifact that is your progression in this expansion. You don't get any new talents or any new really new any abilities between 100 and 110. It all comes from the artifact. Yeah. So I'm I'm I don't know the answer to this question, but I am concerned about it because. Either all this stuff goes away once we stop using the artifact and that feels bad, like the idea it would make the next expansion kind of invalidate this one, or we're expected to keep that that artifact forever and that also feels bad. Or we just get those abilities even without our artifact, which I don't know how that works. Like the artifact is what gives me those abilities. It's linked to the artifact. Now, now that I'm level 111, I just have the ability to do that like i'm so good that i don't even need my artifact to stomp the ground and create the the shadow explosion that the artifact was doing that do you know what i'm saying like uh, I, I used to use ashbringer but now heh, i can just make explosive blasts of, of like holy light i just figured out how to do it i don't need the the sword anymore that's just weird to me i yeah, just um, I, I just I, go ahead oh, no you can go ahead okay from my understanding is uh they're watching player reaction to artifacts and how they play out over legion and i think that's going to determine whether we keep this artifact system around how much it's going to change how much we're going to keep how much it's going to go personally i would be really surprised if we keep everything that comes to the artifacts uh, it's it's it, they all strike me as things that would go away some of them are very large leaps in character power some of them aren't but if those leaps in character power stick around as opposed to being like an end gamey thing, that would be weird. If we kept the entire artifact talent tree, I would have something like for the rest of my character's life, like plus 80% damage on a particular spell or whatever. Seems weird. I just I feel like if there are any spells or abilities that people really latch on to and feel like, wow, these are really cool. These are really, really cool, and I really enjoy using them. Those we might see carry over, not necessarily linked to the artifact weapon, but maybe incorporated into a new set of spells or something like that. Like if there's a visual that's really cool or there's an effect that people really like, they'll find a way to kind of like take that from the artifact weapon and give it to the players at, a, you know, later well, expansions. They've given us talents that are based on abilities from yeah. other people's weapons. Like yeah. I, as a warrior, I have Ravager now. Which is that thing that uh, Nazrul did, Nazgrim did during the fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. And I mean, they've done that before, where people looked at a thing and went, wow, this thing is really cool, but it's all conditional on this one weapon, or this one expansion, or this one boss fight, or whatever. And they've, you know, taken that into consideration before. So I don't think it's really too far of a stretch to say, if there's something that people really enjoy, they'll probably find a way to carry it forward. Anyway, next email is from <laughs> is from Juno Simi, which is the best troll rogue name ever from Ghostlands. Uh, 
And he says, hey, watchers. So I saw the Warcraft movie and I loved it. But it got me thinking about future movies they would eventually do if this one was successful. My main concern is about Warcraft 3. If the end goal is to start making movies based on World of Warcraft, then they have a lot of characters they would need to fit in. I counted close to 15 quote-unquote main characters that they would need to include. However, the main focus should go to Arthas' story because it's such an iconic one. But they also need to fit in the founding of the Horde, the awakening of the Night Elves, the creation of the Blood Elves and Scourge, and who the Naga are. I just don't see how they could fit it all in one movie. Personally, I think Warcraft 3 would be one, and the Frozen Throne expansion would have to be part two to fit it all in. What do you guys think? Best wishes from a proud, proud patron, Juno Simi. I this believe. movie wasn't this movie wasn't Warcraft one. It wasn't even what it, it's. They're not making one for one movie game adaptions here. There's no reason we could. We Alex, could end up, what were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was saying I believe I saw an interview with Duncan Jones quite recently where he said, uh, right now they're happy with just doing the one. If they get an opportunity to do more, great. Uh, if they get a chance to do a trilogy, it's going to be a trilogy telling the story of orcs and humans. Um, it would be about you know. How the orcs got to Azeroth? What happens then? Where do the do the orcs eventually find a home? Uh, that's what they. That's what the story he wants to tell. And I think he he specifically mentioned he would love to see somebody else do something like an Arthas movie, so he could enjoy watching it. Uh, it's not on Duncan Jones's radar. So if it gets made, it's not going to be a Duncan Jones film. Unless he changes his mind between now and mind. then. And Rossi, you were saying, I'm sorry. I'm just saying I don't think we need to like. I don't think they need to do a movie that adapts Warcraft 3. Um, this movie has set some stuff up so it's different than Warcraft 1. And Warcraft 2 could not follow this movie. Because at the end of this movie, things are not in that situation. I'm not going to spoil it. But at the end of this movie, things are not in the same situation as they are at the end of Warcraft 1. There were some pretty significant changes. And this didn't follow the exact plot of Warcraft 1 by any stretch of the imagination. In some ways, like this is this goes past the end of Warcraft One, and in other ways, it's still somewhat towards the middle of Warcraft One. It's not it's not a one for one adaptation. I don't think, assuming Duncan Jones makes three movies and he decides to make, you know, I I don't even think he'd get all the way through Warcraft Two. Uh, he, he's not because he's not trying to tell the story of the games. He's trying to tell a story of Warcraft. So I'm not worried about. If they make a movie about Arthas, that doesn't have to be an adaptation of Warcraft 3. It could just be an Arthas movie. Yeah, and I think I think that there's a very definitive arc he's reaching towards with this first film. Obviously, they called it Warcraft the Beginning with the intent that there would be follow-up films. And I hope that there are, um, because there's quite a lot left to tell. But I, I, I get the impression that that story, like Alex said from that interview, you know, you can tell from watching the film that, that story that he's trying to tell, it's the one about the orcs and the humans and their, you know, the relationship and the correlation and the conflict between the two. And the way he's framed it in the first film is obviously Thrall is going to be involved in some way. And I imagine that if it went anywhere, it would probably talk about the formation of the second horde somewhere at the end and maybe the relationships there but as for the story of Arthas and Arthas's fall and the rise of the Lich King and all of that other stuff I almost feel like that could be treated remotely as like its own set of films at some point in the nebulous future I would love to see Duncan Jones's take on that because I think it would be a really beautiful kind of forlorn take on that subject it's a dark subject but it's really 
I, I think it'd be beautiful if he did it. But I mean, I understand if he doesn't want to do that much Warcraft. He doesn't want to be the Warcraft guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> this is only his third film. I'm sure he's got lots more movies that he wants to yeah, do. He so doesn't, he doesn't want to spend the rest of his life making Warcraft movies. Yeah. Um, next question is also a Warcraft movie question. Um, and this one is from Mac the Crazy, who says, Hey, you three, my wife and I saw the Warcraft movie. I've been playing WoW off and on for a few years now, but she doesn't play the game. So now that she saw the movie, she wants to know the history of the WoW universe. What books should she read and in what order? Thanks again, Mac the Crazy. Chronicle. Um, I wouldn't start her on Chronicle, honestly. I would. I wouldn't because Chronicle is a really, really in-depth, heavy bit of reading. Um, I'm sure she can handle it. And it's not really a story, is it? It's just like No, it's like a history book. Yeah, um, that's how you learn the history of things. Well, what I was going to say was that if she wants just like a fairly easy to read and kind of comprehensible bit, go for the ultimate visual guide. Because that's what it was written for, was it was written for people who are brand new to the lore and just kind of want like a basic overview. And then those parts that really fascinate her and those parts that she wants to know more about, go check out the novels associated with those time periods. And we do have a guide on our website that is, it's basically a chronological guide to Warcraft lore and it lists all of the books in order, like chronological order within the Warcraft timeline. And that might help you out too. And yes, I totally recommend that you pick up Chronicle and read it. It's just that I would not, I would probably not give Chronicle to a beginner because there's so much material in there and it doesn't even cover everything. It only goes up to Medivh. That's it. <laughs> it only covers a couple hundred thousand years. Right. But I mean, it doesn't. It, it seems like, and everything post Medivh is what's kind of the relevant parts, really. Those are the relevant ones that that relate to the game that he's familiar with and he's playing, but she's not familiar with. So, yeah, I mean, I would go. It it just depends on, you know, how much of a deep dive does she want to do in do with it, you know. Um, But I would definitely check out, like I said, I check out the guide on our website because it does list all of the novels and kind of what they're about. And you can sort of pick and choose which areas interest her the most, too. Um, Next email is from... I don't know how to pronounce this. Baron Altorin. Does that sound right? Yeah, sure. Okay. From from Lothar who says, Greetings. Insert weather-related cleverness here. Just curious. I've done quite a bit to get music for my Garrison jukebox. Is all of that effort completely wasted, come Legion? Or does my jukebox dude move to the class hall? Oh, and here, just because I feel like it's a fun thing to do, is a parenthetical insertion so Rossi could do his parenthetical voice. Joke's on you, Baron Altorin. It's me reading the emails. Your voice does change when you do parentheses. You did the parenthetical. I do do the parenthetical voice. (laughs) Anyway, he says, love the show, Baron Altorin. So the jukebox. Do we know what's going on with the jukebox? I think it's just saying put, right? I've heard nothing. I've heard nothing about it. Yeah, I never collected any music for that thing, so I never thought to look. Oh, God, I have like all of the music. All of it. Because I needed it. I needed like a change of pace in my garrison tunes. But... Um, I don't think, I mean, I haven't seen any jukebox in the, in the class halls at all. The closest thing that I've seen, and I don't know if they exist in other class halls, but I know the rogue hall in particular, there's a dude down there playing music, um, in, in like the lower half of the rogue class hall. Um, and what was it like the chamber of the uncrowned or whatever it's called anyway there's a guy down there who's playing some tunes and there are people scattered all over the place that are playing harps and various instruments at various inns and things like that i don't think that they're gonna like 
kick in a new music track like a jukebox or anything. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe we'll see something along the lines of, uh, do you guys remember in the Alliance Shrine, there was that one person where you paid them like a silver or something like that and they play tunes for you up no. on the balcony? I, I, no. I, I'm not allowed to say I don't like more things in this podcast. I've hit my quota. <laughs> I, I, I'll say I preferred to keep my hearth in Stormwind. Oh, okay. Anyway, so the shrine up on the upper level of the Alliance Shrine in Pandaria there is a musician up there and if you talk to her she asks you can request a song from her and I think you give her a silver or something like that and she'll play one of the various tunes from Pandaria's Inns which I thought was really clever like the music track will change um, and she amused me for like hours and that's mostly because I really enjoy the kazoo tracks in the Pandaria Inns so I'm like I'm going to keep paying her until she plays that one um, maybe we'll see something similar to that but I don't think we're going to see the jukebox or at least there's yeah. been no indication of it. The the warrior class hall in particular is actually like in some ways it's really cool because it's one of the better looking ones. It's so pretty. But it doesn't have at least the last time I was in there, which was like about a, a couple of days ago, it it doesn't have any really cool famous warrior NPCs you've ever heard of. It's just a bunch of Rykul, and that bums me out. Like it's like who are these chumps? Oh, we're stuck in here. We can't do anything great. So um, there's no. I haven't noticed a musician. There's mostly a bunch of drunk guys having fights. Uh, it's sort of lacking in uh, in that kind of ambiance. I'd like it if it if it picked up some new people. Anishi in the chat channel also has um, a point there that says that there's a toy, and there is. I think it's if you collect all of the music, you get a toy for your toy box that will play different random songs for you. So that's a way to make it portable and take it with you. Not necessarily the same thing as having somebody stationed in your class hall, but it works. Uh, next email is from Zarafax. Thank you for the pronunciation guide. Zarafax on Kazgaroth and Alliance Shaman, who says, Dear Watchers, I've given up WoW for a long time now, but I still love your podcast and continue to support via Patreon. It's the only one I still listen to. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you, Zarafax. And they continue, Over the year, our characters have said to be growing stronger and stronger, but it's not really the characters themselves, but the armor they wear. While it might take some skill to get it, take away the gear, and you just have a tune that wouldn't last five seconds in a raid. Is gear really a good measure for how good a player character is, or do you feel that some other mechanic should be introduced? Second question, if WoW was real life, how likely do you feel that any raid would have succeeded and saved the world? You would get one chance at it and most likely fail. Thanks, Zarifax. If you're level 100, take off all your armor, get naked, go to Elwyn Forest, punch a wolf, tell me if it dies. Spoilers, it'll die. Because <laughs> you're not level 1. You'll probably completely naked crit it for like a million damage. There are... I mean, there are <laughs> gear yeah, is just how... It's a video game mechanic. Gear is just how you get more stats. There's mobs out in Burning Crusade when you're doing Ogre Law rep. Um, and I think you actually will strip it. yourself naked. Yeah, you but have... I think that they've fixed it since then so that this doesn't happen. But there's this there's this quest where you have to go um, subdue a creature and then lasso it. And in order to subdue it, you have to knock down its health by a certain percentage. You can't do that with all your armor on, so you have to take like everything off and then punch it and hope that you don't crit because if you crit it's dead um and i think they fixed that since then but that's kind of like a reoccurring thing and it's sort of an illustration of what alex was talking about your level you're you're more powerful the higher level you get go ahead rossi i'm sorry no i'm just agreeing with you the level 100 character will still kill that thing half the time uh you, at level 100 you can go kill level 80 things with your bare hands 
without any gear and you'll still <laughs> kill them because yeah. that's the, that 20 levels makes a huge difference, especially now. Um, yeah, you, you will destroy things because keep in mind too, stuff was squished a, a level 60 mob or a level 20 mob doesn't really matter to a level 100 character. Um, yeah, you'll, you'll destroy things. Your gear does make you more powerful against stuff your own level. Um, certainly, but it isn't like, like your character is, if you put your level 100 gear, like, because this has actually happened, there's been weapons in WoW that are like much better than the, the stuff you could normally get. Like back when Mr. Pandaria first came out, you could get a sword for a level 80 character that was as good as a sword that dropped off Deathwing. And you could give that to your Wrath level character and he would destroy things. But he wasn't, it, it, it wasn't as powerful as all that. It didn't make you, your 80 level 80 characters couldn't still go up and fight a level 90 character and win. He'd still lose. If you're fighting mobs that were like 10 levels above you, they'd still kill you. Um, so there's a balance between gear and, and level. And, and gear is just a game mechanic. I mean, if you need to feel like your character is being more powerful, uh, stats is your combat experience. You know, you've you just put on a cool piece of armor, but the armor didn't make you stronger. You just learned how to be better. You I'm got just, good. I'm just picturing some naked guy corfaxing out and just running through Elwyn Forest, ripping cows in half. I'm the most powerful man on Azeroth. <laughs> I just like that we I like that. that we describe it corfaxing out, <laughs> chilling out, corfaxing, relaxing everybody. <sighs> I'm Corfax, I and I hate that. people. I got like that mental image in my head as soon as you were like, go strip naked, punch a rabbit or punch a wolf. (laughs) Punch a rabbit. Jeez. It's like, (laughs) pick a a real fight. Go after a rabbit, everybody. (sighs) Yeah. And and even Elwin, like that's probably, it's the most extreme example I could have picked. But if you're level 100, you can probably do like molten core naked now. Most likely. I think that would probably be very easy to do, actually. (laughs) In fact, I'm going to try this. But anyway, do that and report back. So, uh, second question. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say their second question about the whole wow being real life. How how likely do you feel that any raid would have succeeded and saved the world? Raids are not like a mechanic of real life. When we have a raid in real life, we've won wars losing multiple battles in them. We've had the raid on Entebbe and so forth. We don't have to win all the raids to win a war. That's just raiding is a mechanic for a video game. If they, if they were real battles, we wouldn't just bring 40 or 25. Yeah, or, we wouldn't limit it to 40 people. Yeah, we, we'd bring, you know, how many guys do we have? Oh, yeah, we're going to bring all of them. Oh, really? Yeah, and we're going we're gonna to bring, like, ranged weapons. Okay, yeah, we've got those, sure. And, you know, and what, what era are we talking about? I mean, are we assuming, like, medieval real life, or is it, like, current real life where we're doing these raids? Because if it's current... I mean, a drone strike is going to do pretty well against Anixia. Yeah, that's what she's going to do. She Well, she's in a cave. In point of fact, she's in a cave, so you can't really drone strike her. I'm you going can. to look at it from a slightly different perspective and, in terms of, kind of like of how many raids I've done over the course of my playing War, World of Warcraft and how many of those raid encounters were actually like one shots first thing and say that the chances are very, very good that it would fail because... None of my raids have ever really... It's like there's maybe one or two bosses out there that we one-shot, like, the first pull. True enough, but again, you And know, if it had been real life, we would have been dead the rest of the time. No. We, there's no wipe recovery. <laughs> I still feel like if in real life you would have brought more people. You yep. wouldn't have just brought ten buddies to go do Karazhan. You would have brought everybody. Like, you know, and let's... If we're, if we're dealing with, you know, 
even non-modern eras, uh, I think a raid would bring things like siege weaponry. Yes. Blizzard, Blizzard doesn't let us bring siege weaponry into a raid, but in real life, you totally would. Even just ballistas, if nothing else. Yeah. You know, giant crossbows that shoot bolts the size of a horse at people. You're very hard to recover from that. That thing hurts. So our last email here is from somebody who landed a great name, Barracuda Alliance Warrior on Cargath. Um, and I like this question, actually. They say, hello, Blizzard Watch. Since we now have a few things that are account bound, I was wondering if you think it would be a good idea to also make our gold account bound. Great show. Thanks for all the time and effort you put into it. Barracuda. Um, by account bound, I mean, we can still spend it, right? Yeah, it's just that right now I can't, the gold I, that you earn goes towards, I'm, I'm assuming that they mean that the gold that you earn just goes towards this mass pile that's shared among so like every character you have. Yeah. Okay, because I, when I was reading this question, I was trying to figure out what he meant by account bound, because account bound stuff I can't give to anybody else. I just have it up between my characters. I don't want that. That that'd be. I don't want. No, gold, it'd be just... it'd be like it'd be like Diablo where it's shared. Then I'm not. I don't really feel like gold is that big a deal the way it is now to versus that. I mean, it's it's effectively shared between your characters. You just have to log them on to see it and so forth. But um, it wouldn't bother I... me. I wouldn't mind it. I think it would be cool. This would be cool as long as they change how the gold cap works. Because if, if, like right now in World of the Drainer, the gold cap is like a million gold. And if it was account bound, uh, I would be in trouble because across my alliance characters on one server, I have like well, 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and having multiple characters means I can have more than the gold cap. If they Jeez, Alex. account bound, I would lose almost a million gold. Spending on something already. I don't want anything. I have the people in my in like my my casual guild right now, who they they do a lot of raiding and they have a lot of they have a lot of alts. I know one of them, uh, my friend Kim Ember Dione on Twitter, she has like like six characters at gold cap. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. So think about that. That's like six million gold. If that went account bound and then the gold cap. I know the gold cap is going up in Legion, um, but right now if you made it account bound and said okay all your characters share gold but it has to be the gold cap, she'd be out five million gold. The gold cap is going to be going up to six mil or no, it's nine million nine hundred and ninety nine thousand. One copper right? short of ten million. Yeah, one copper short of ten. Is it is it ten million? Okay, yeah, it's ten million, um, which is a ridiculous amount of gold to me because I've never hit gold cap, nor have I really wanted to. I'm kind of like working on squirreling away gold right now, just because there's nothing else to do. So why not? But like. If it were account bound, if gold were account bound, I'd have a lot more gold than I do currently. Yeah, I, I don't actually want to buy anything with that gold in Like, there's nothing I see to spend gold on. Just my gold number has been my form of progression in Warlords because there's been nothing else to do. So getting like another 100,000 gold is my equivalent of beating a new raid boss or something. Do you guys think that would do anything to the economy, though? It would like probably server have economy? an economy. Because people who have alts for that purpose would find it easier than ever, you know. It would probably because... have to be server bound. Yeah. See, that's the other thing is if it wasn't okay, server bound. Okay, but why server actually... bound though, Alex? Because, because if you make you know X amount of gold on a, a a server cluster where the economy is everything costs more and you sell stuff at inflated prices, then you are a kingpin over on that highly populated server where everything is cheap. You can buy whatever you want. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense now that you've pointed it out. That was blatantly obvious. Anyway, um, I don't think it's a bad idea, though, is it? Like, no. inherently, I don't think... It, if it were server-restricted, like you were saying, Alex, I don't think it'd be a terribly awful idea, would it? Yeah, it doesn't I bug think, me. 
Um, I think it would be nice if they just added like a, a, a stash, like on a per server, small number of items it can hold so you can access it from whatever character and your gold goes in there. So like Diablo, basically. Yeah. But one of those Diablo for Warcraft. Stash. Blizzard, yeah. you've been stealing a lot of stuff from Diablo. Continue to do so. You could put it in our player housing that doesn't currently exist when you make our player housing because you still should. <laughs> uh, someone, someone in chat mentioned faction locked, and I don't think faction locked is relevant anymore. Isn't aren't all auction houses cross faction now? Yeah, they are. So yeah, uh, faction is not. Relevant. We're already trading with each other. We just don't know it for sure, but we are. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up the emails, I guess, and that kind of wraps up the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much. Uh, This has been Blizzard Watch. If you have an email for us, again, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting them. We love answering them. It is kind of one of the things we do here. So thank you very much for listening, and we will all see you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.